God has everything under control and that we are right where He wants us to be and we must just look to Him and trust Him as He will bless us. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and then we'll be in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. Father, we count a blessing to pause for a few moments to open Your Word and to just hear from heaven. I pray right now that You would speak to us, that You would help us to focus upon Your Word and that we would hear Your Word and Your Word would change us. Lord, there are many who are just unsettled right now. And I pray that the truth of the Scripture will calm their hearts. I pray that You would help us to see that You are sovereign, You are in control, and that we need not worry, but we can just trust You and know that everything will work out. And Lord, I just ask You to give us strength in these last days. I pray for our country, our government. Lord, I just pray that You would intervene and help us If there's anyone that's watching this broadcast this morning that has never believed in the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, may today be the day that they believe in Him and are saved eternally. Lord, we love You. I ask You for Your help. I cannot teach. I cannot preach without You. I need You, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. And amen and amen. Well, so many things are going on in our land, and so many things are <clears throat> causing unrest. With all the uncertainty in the world right now, there's a lot of confusion. Many so-called preachers or so-called theologians are running amok theologically. They're fear-mongering. They're scaring people. Some sensationalists are trying to take current events that have no Bible precedent or principle and make them into prophetic teachings without regard to the Scripture. Far too many Christians are fretting and acting like this is the end of the world. But I submit to you that we Christians should be anchored in the truth of God's Word. We should be the ones who have hope. We should be the ones who are sharing that hope with this lost and dying world. The current state of shallow Christianity that fusses over cultural preferences and ignores the solid truth of the Scriptures has led us to the place of fear and anxiety. A a results-based Christianity, if you will. God never charged us to be in... or never committed us to be in charge of the results. Only what we do. Only the way we do it and what we do for Him. Some pastors are taking the Scriptures and they're twisting them to suit their agendas to gain popularity by manipulating people to garner a large following. For example, there are men who are teaching that the vaccine is the the Antichrist's mark of the beast. It's not so. It is not so. I do not believe we're in the tribulation period. Some are teaching that we're in the tribulation period. We're not in the tribulation period. Historically, there have been worse times in the United States of America than we faced, believe it or not, and that we are facing today. There have been worse times historically. Now, my goal today is to share with you what's next on God's prophetic calendar. By knowing the truth of the Scriptures, we can believe and be anchored in this truth, and the church can be the anchoring agent to help overcome this fear and this anxiety that is so rampant in our land today. 
Now, the Bible teaches us that the next event to happen on the prophetic calendar, God's calendar, is the rapture of the church. Now, there are many people who do not believe in the rapture. There are many people who uh, have a, believe that the rapture happens at a different time and so on and etc. But I want to take you to the Scriptures. And, and why, am I, why am I preaching this? Well, I believe that I was led by the Spirit of God to preach on this so that we believers can know that we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. This is not the end of the world. And God has a plan and He's laid the plan out. If we just read the plan, we will be just fine. Now, let me give you a few uh, facts about the rapture before we read the text, just so you know. The rapture is different from the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. As we will read in just a few moments, the rapture is when God calls His church home and we are raptured out and we are caught up. The word caught up is in the Bible. And we meet Him in the clouds, in the air. He does not actually come and step foot on this earth at the rapture. We meet Him in the air. At the second coming, He comes with His saints to the earth and the saints are on the horses and we come with Him to establish His kingdom. That's after the tribulation period. The rapture and the second coming of Christ is separated by seven years of the tribulation period. Now, the rapture happens at, before the tribulation period. The tribulation period is uh, the time on earth when God's wrath is poured out on all of the earth. And the believers are kept, Revelation 3.10, from that hour. We will not be there. We will have been raptured out. After the tribulation period, the second coming of Christ happens. Now, there are no signs for the rapture. The rapture is imminent, which means it can happen at any moment. There are signs for the second coming, but there are no signs for the rapture. So, what does that have to do with us? Let me just read with, you, read with me in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse number 13. But I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with Him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Now, notice how the Apostle Paul begins this portion of Scripture. He says, But I would not have you be ignorant, brethren. That's in verse number 13 there. First of all, notice brethren. He's talking to believers. Only believers can have this promise. Those who are not saved do not have this promise. He is speaking to born-again believers. What else is he saying? He says, but I would not have you be ignorant. That is not an insult. It is simply this. I would not have you to be uninformed about this. 
Paul had come to the conclusion that these people needed to know the truth of the rapture. Why? Well, there had been false teachers that had crept in and tried to convince them that they had missed the rapture and that they were going to go through the tribulation period and they were sorrowing about their loved ones that had died. They were sorrowing about their own condition and Paul wanted to put them at ease. He wanted them to know that they had not missed the catching up or the rapture of the church. He is telling them, listen, don't be uninformed about this. Notice what he says. Brethren, concerning them which are asleep, those that have died, those believers that have died in Jesus. Notice what he says. That ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope. Paul is very clear that there is hope in this bodily resurrection of our dead loved ones. Now this has perhaps been the year of death like no other death in recent or, or no other years, excuse me, in recent years. This has been the year of death. I have seen more death and been exposed to more death than I think I ever have been. And let me just tell you this. It is easy for us to sorrow over our lo- our loved ones that have died and gone on to be with the Lord. Obviously there's a hole in our hearts and we miss them. And that's because we love them and they loved us and that's the way we are designed and that should happen. But I want you to know that according to the Scriptures, what's going to happen is this, that they will be resurrected and God will bring their souls with them and their bodies will be changed and be glorified and they will be reunited with their soul in a glorified body And we will then be caught up and be with them. This is not the end to those who know Jesus that have gone on to death. This is not the end. And Paul says, listen, I want you to have hope. Don't be like those who have no hope. Those who do not know Jesus Christ have no hope. But you know Jesus. And Jesus has the souls of your family members. And everything will be Okay, it's not the end. So now he wants to break down and explain that hope to them. Notice what he says here in in verse number 14. For if we believe, that is a conditional phrase, if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. The rapture is a matter of faith just as is the gospel a matter of faith. Just as you have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 1 through 4 teach us that the gospel, moreover I dare declare unto you the gospel, Jesus Christ died, He was buried, He rose from the grave. That's the gospel. And we receive that by faith. Even so, we accept the rapture of the church by faith. It is a matter of faith. Just as believing in the gospel is a matter of faith. Jesus says, just as the fact, or excuse me, Paul says, just as the fact that Jesus died and rose again is the fact that Jesus will rapture the church. It's as a certain truth as is the gospel, according to Paul. Both are believed, both are true. So just as Jesus died, 
and was resurrected, so Jesus will rapture the church. So how does this all happen? How does this come about? How does this come into fruition? What are the events of the rapture? Well, look with me. I have to go back to verse number 13. But I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with Him. The order of events of the rapture are this. When the voice of the archangel sounds and the trump of God sounds and the Lord descends from heaven, He will bring those souls with Him of our lost brother, or our saved, excuse me, saved, the ones that have gone on to died, He will bring them back with Him. Now, understand this. Death is a separation. When one dies, the body says, the body goes to the grave and the soul goes to be with the Lord. The spirit goes to be with the Lord who gave it. There's a separation there. And when this happens, what's going to happen is those who are asleep, those who are saved and died, have died and gone on to be with the Lord, when this time happens, their bodies will be resurrected. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 teaches us that their bodies will be resurrected and made into a glorified body. You can read that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 51 through 58. And it will be this resurrected body. It will be a glorified body. It will be a body like Jesus's. And the Bible teaches us that that soul and that's with Jesus and that body was in the grave, the body will be resurrected, the body will be made glorified, and they will reunite in the air. That happens, 1 Corinthians tells us, in the moment in a twinkling of an eye. I don't know how fast that is, but that's super fast. In the twinkling of an eye, that happens. That's what's going to happen first. Notice what else he says. For the Lord Himself shall ascend from heaven, verse number 16. I'm sorry, verse 15. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. We shall not proceed. Prevent means proceed. We shall not go first. They will be resurrected first. They will be resurrected first. This is the truth of the Scripture. The events of the rapture are this. Those loved ones that are saved, that have died and gone on to be with the Lord, their bodies will be resurrected, that body will be changed into a glorified body, a body that's no longer mortal, it's immortal, it's no longer corruptible, it's incorruptible according to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And that body and soul are reunited in the air. Then, then, notice this, verse 16, For the Lord Himself shall ascend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. First. Then, here it is, verse 17, We which are alive and remain shall be caught up, that's raptured up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. There's a resurrection of the dead in Christ first. There's a reuniting of the soul and spirit, the glorified body and the, the, and the soul. They're reunited. And then 
We that are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be. This doctrine is important. It's important that we understand that. And I want to just talk about this for just a few moments. Number one, let me talk about those who have died in Christ. Those of you that have suffered loss this year, or any year for that matter, and you, your loved one was saved and has gone to be with the Lord, putting them in that grave was not the end of this. Their life on this earth is not over. The Bible teaches us to be absent from the body. Remember, death is a separation. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Now, I know that you miss your loved one. And I can't imagine what some of you must be suffering and going through. But I want you to know that you have hope and your hope is anchored in the truth of the Scripture that God has promised He will bring that loved one with Him when He raptures the church out. Now, you and I might not live to see the rapture, but if not, we'll go to be with the Lord. But if we live till the rapture takes place, then we'll be caught up and we'll see them again. And that, my friends, can, is about the only source of hope you could have. If there were no hope of the resurrection and there were no hope of an eternity with Christ, this life would be miserable. I mean, you would live on this earth and do what you could do and try to be successful and you die and it's over. What a grim thought and prospect that is. However, we don't have to fret about that. You and I can comfort. He says comfort. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. We can comfort each other by reminding us that this is not the end. That we will see our loved one one day. We will be able to be with them one day. Another thing that this teaches us is that the church will be taken out before the tribulation period. Now some people say, I don't... Uh, believe that. It doesn't say in there that it's going to happen before the tribulation period. How do I know that we will be raptured out before the uh, tribulation period? Well, first of all, Revelation 3.10 tells us that we, He will keep us from the hour of temptation. That word temptation in this instance means trial. And that goes on to say that He will pour out on the whole earth. That is the wrath of God. It is the wrath of God. Listen. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 9 says, For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. If God is going to pour His wrath out, and if you read the Scriptures and see the bold judgments and all the vile judgments and all the things that He's going to pour out, all of His wrath being unleashed on the earth during the tribulation period, and you understand this Scripture says that we've not been appointed unto wrath, and He tells us in another Scripture we will not be here in this hour, He will keep us from that hour, that lets us know that we will be out of here before that happens. There are also times, the Scripture writes, that there are times... Um, the, the things that has to happen. In 2 Thessalonians, there are some things that has to happen before, before the rapture of the church, before the man of sin can come and do all these things. And it hasn't happened yet. Why? Because we will be out of here. I am not worried about the mark of the beast. 
Because when the mark of the beast comes, I will be, have already been raptured out. I will be with Jesus because I have believed in Jesus. And if you are a believer in Jesus, you don't have to worry about taking the mark of the beast. You will be out of here. You're, you're out of here. You don't have to worry about these things. Church, we must be anchored in the truth of the Scripture. And we need to be the ones who are calm in this day. We need to be the ones that say, listen, even though politically our, our country, the foundations are shaken and we don't know what's going to happen and there's such <clears throat> disarray, there's such division, we don't have to fret about that. Because God is in control. I don't mean to be smug, but listen to me. If you believe that God's sovereign, He is... And uh, you believe, and I know some of you are very passionate about this. I, I don't know. I can't change the election. You can't change the election. But there are many people who are really upset over this. And, 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 and it's really a fragile time in our country. And they believe that, you know, somehow one party cheated. And, and <clears throat> you know, if God is sovereign, and Romans 13 teaches us that God puts in who He wants to, do you think God is in heaven saying, well, I didn't see that cheating coming? Of course He did. And He knew about it. And he permitted it. Why did he permit it? He might be pouring his judgment out on the nation of the United States of America. And what I'm telling you is, we can't change God's plan. God is sovereign, and what He has set in motion is going to happen. And He has told us that we can anchor our souls, we can anchor our hope in the truth of the Scripture, that when it really, 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 really gets bad here, we will have already been raptured out. Now listen, we have to understand this. I know things are going to get worse because in 1 Timothy chapter 3 in the last days, he says, evil shall wax worse and worse. I, I, I understand that. And I understand that all of this is going to be even more difficult to, to navigate through. But I think that it's an opportunity like we've never had before. I think it's an opportunity that God is giving and He's opening a door of opportunity for us, the church, to minister, to, to remain calm in this day, to point people to the solution, Jesus Christ. And I think that we have to ask ourselves this question. For if we believe, do we believe what the Scripture says? And if we believe what the Scripture says about the rapture of the church, and I think we ought to do three things. Three simple things that will help us. Number one, if we believe in the rapture of the church, if we believe that Jesus is coming back for us, number one, we will be right with God. We will be right with God. There is an all-out frontal assault on our kids and on our minds every day whether it's through social media or through the television, some of the commercials that I have seen just watching television is appalling and would never have happened. And it shows that this evil is going to progress worse and worse. And I understand that that's the way the world is. But church, we cannot, as believers in Jesus Christ, partake of those things of the world. Those evil things. If we believe that Jesus is coming back for us and we will see Him one day and we will stand and give an account of ourselves, we will want to be right with Him. 
We'll want to be right with Him. And let me just tell you this. The Bible teaches, I'm going to tell you this. The Bible teaches us that whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Let it be known. That is the truth of the Scripture. If you believe in the rapture, you will want to be right with God. Number two, if you believe in the rapture, you will remain calm. Now, let me encourage you. Set, set your attention and your affection on things above, not on the things of this earth. The reason there's such unrest in our churches today is because we are not setting our affection on things above. We're setting them on things below, materialistic things. It's driving us. It's crept into the church. Many of our churches, and I've battled it in my own life, are steeped in materialism. Steeped in the thought that if we have something on this earth, our lives will be better. If you have that approach, then everything that happens in the world will cause you to be unsettled. Every time the news gives a broadcast... It will be unsettled. And let me just say this. I do not trust the media, whether they're to the right or to the left. There's one book I place my trust in, and that book is the Holy Word of God. I do not get my theology from Facebook. I do not get my theology from memes or whatever those things are called. I don't know if it's memes or memes or... You know what I'm saying. And I do not get my theology from the internet, websites. My theology comes from the eternal Word of God. And that Word of God, that's why it's so important that we read the Scriptures and we anchor our souls to the bedrock of truth, the Scriptures. That's why we encourage everyone to read your Bibles daily. I know we say it repeatedly and you get tired of hearing it. But what's going to help you remain calm in these last days is the anchor of the Word of God. Number three, if we believe the rapture is coming, we'll witness to others. Our churches, myself included, have all but stopped sharing our faith with lost people. We would rather share a Facebook post than we would the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. We no longer weep for souls. We are no longer heartbreaking, heartbroken excuse me, over Sinners that are lost and going to hell. We no longer care because we feel that as long as materially we're taken care of, then everything will be just fine. But let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Death can call at any moment. The rapture of the church can happen at any moment. And all that we've expended our energy on on this earth, materialistic possessions will come to naught. It'll be nothing. It will be nothing. If we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, even so, for if we believe the gospel, then we must believe that Jesus will rapture the church. And that's the truth of the Scripture If we believe, we'll be right with God. If we believe, we'll remain calm and steady. If we believe, we'll witness to others. We'll be the anchoring source. Do you know what's keeping this world from totally falling into chaos and sin more than it is now? The church. 
The church is the restraining agent. The Spirit-filled church is restraining, First Thessalonians teaches us. So we have this glorious opportunity, opportunity to face this. What is that opportunity? Well, this opportunity, first of all, is you and I can have a great testimony. We can be right with God. We can remain firm and calm. And we can witness to others. You know, we have a great opportunity to witness to our lost loved ones. I think people now, with all that's going on in our world, they're open to hear the gospel. And rather than talking about all the moral things, we need to be talking about the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And lastly, we have the opportunity to have a great peace. A great peace. Jesus said, My peace I leave with you, not as the world giveth you. So there's a different type of peace that comes from being anchored in the Scriptures. There's a certain type of, of, of peace that we can have knowing the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. Friends, if you're here and you don't know, or if you're listening to this and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, I'd like to encourage you to open your heart. Open your heart today. For you can know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You can have peace in your heart and you can remain calm in this storm. That if the rapture were to happen, that you would be on board. Not only if the rapture were to happen, but if you were to die, that you can be taken care of. Your soul will go to be with the Lord Jesus. There's great comfort in the doctrine of the rapture. Have you received that comfort? If you're not saved, you can't have that comfort. You can't be comforted with that. All that awaits the one that's not saved is death. All the one that awaits someone that's not saved is hell. All the one that waits is the place where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. But the Bible teaches us that you don't have to go there. You can be saved today. Why do you need to be saved? You need to be saved because you're a sinner. Every one of us has sinned. The Bible teaches that we all fall short of God's glory. There is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that seeketh after God. Over and over and over, after Scripture, after Scripture, after Scripture, teaches that we're all lost and dying and on our way to hell. The Bible teaches because of our sin, we deserve to die. The reason we... have to go to hell is because of our sin nature. It's because we have never trusted in Jesus Christ. Someone has to die. The penalty for sin is death. You have to die or someone has to die for you and there's only one person that can die for you and that's Jesus because He is the only one that was perfect. And the Bible teaches that He came to this earth born of a virgin. He lived a perfect sinless life and He went to the cross and He died on the cross for your sin and for my sin. And if you will believe in Him... What does it mean to believe? Well, you believe that He is the Son of God. You believe that He did die on the cross for you personally. And that He was buried and He arose from the grave. And you're willing to call on Him and ask Him to be your Lord and Savior. He will save you. The Bible teaches us, For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I want to lead you in a prayer. And you can pray like this. Dear Lord Jesus, I realize I'm a sinner. And because of my sin, I deserve to die. But I believe you died in my place. I believe right now that you died for my sin. 
And right now, the best way I know how, I want to turn from that sin. I want to turn to you and believe that you died for me, that you are God and you died for me, and that you were buried and you arose from the grave, and that you will take me to heaven for simply trusting in you. Lord, I want you to come into my life. I want you to forgive me of my sins. I want you to be my Lord and Savior. Friend, if you prayed that prayer, I believe you are saved. And I would like to ask you, if you would, to please call me. You can